Welcome to the Southside Church Podcast, weekly content that inspires all of us to follow Jesus. Join us each week for a message from one of our fantastic communicators that provide practical ways to grow our faith, challenge ourselves, and to love others more. And now, this week's message. Morning, everyone. Again, thank you so much for being here. And anyone joining us online, thank you so much for coming to hang out with us uh, today. I, I would love for you to just give it up one more time for everyone who just got baptized. That was amazing. Um, that was fun. I got myself together in the back. Everything's good now. We're all great. But you know, it, that's such a big next step for our kiddos here. That's such a big next step for anyone who moves uh, to what's next when it comes to baptizing. Uh, being baptized in their faith journey. And I know uh, for a lot of us, next steps can be strange. I remember the hardest next step for me, uh, you know, we're sitting uh, in the hospital room and my wife is giving birth to our first kid, our son Micah. And you know, all of that happens and she did a great job. I literally didn't do anything, almost passed out. It was fine, there's a chair there. I was able to sit down, everything was good. But I remember every, we had all the help there, it was great. And even at night, if you needed help, you'd call and the nurse comes in and they, they're like, hey, do you just wanna take your kid to the nursery and y'all can sleep? I was like, man, parenting's easy. Like, <laughs> this is so simple, it's, it's, it's absolutely fantastic. And so then I remember when we went home and some family members had prepared some food for us and everything was great. And then I remember, the first time it was just myself and Shaylin and Micah. And family was gone, friends were gone, you know, everybody else's life goes on and keeps moving on. And I remember, I was like, I don't think I'm ready for this, this next step. I don't, I don't think I can do this by myself. All of the diapers and all of the breast, well, I, didn't, I didn't do that part, but all of the feeding um, that I would do, all that kind of good stuff, you know? And so I remember that next step was so, so difficult. I thought parenting was gonna be easy because in the hospital, it was the easiest thing ever. Even the birthing process, that was super simple for me, right? You know, this is so, so easy, but that next step of parenting, hey, this is what it looks like. It's just you now. Of course, you know, you have some support for some, from some friends and some family, and then, you know, if you're connected to a church, oh, that's great. That support's great. But you know what next steps are like. A lot of you are gonna make a commitment when the year starts to get in better shape, and you're gonna start working out, and you're gonna be in the gym often, often, but then that next step is to continue to be in the gym. And that's when those gyms look a little bit more empty by end of February and March and then April. And it's great for a lot of people who like, I'm so glad the gym's more empty now. I can use all the machines I need because no one else is in here because next steps are difficult. And we all, we all know what that looks like. Next steps can be a difficult thing. You know, I, for the disciples, Next steps for them were pretty difficult as well. You know, they were following this guy, Jesus, around. And, and you know, we've talked about it before in here, that, that idea of disciple, you're just learning from a rabbi. And they were chosen to follow Jesus. Nobody chose them because they were an outcast. Nobody wanted them to, to be one of their disciples. And then Jesus chooses them. And now all of a sudden, they're seeing this man do incredible things. And they're a part of it front row seat. They get to see all these amazing things and, and maybe that they can be a part of these amazing things one day and then all of a sudden, Jesus gets arrested, right? Jesus gets arrested and now he's on this cross and the disciples know exactly what's gonna happen, that he's gonna die. He had told them that he was gonna do this, but it's hard to really fathom that. They really couldn't imagine that this would happen to a guy that's doing all these incredible things and so it does happen. And then they bury him. But then he comes back 
And so they're excited. Hey, he's back. Jesus is back. We're here. We're good. Everything's going to be great. He goes, I am back. But guess what? I'm about to leave again, right? About to head out again. And they're like, I don't think you know how this works, Jesus. We're not, we're not, you, you need to do this. We can't do this. And he's, he's, nah. Everything that you've learned, everything that you've seen me do, you're going to do so much more. You're going to do so much more. And so then Jesus is, is sitting with his disciples and he's standing with them. And he gives them their last marching orders. The last thing that they're supposed to do, hey, I'm about to be gone, and if you just follow this and you abide by this and you do this, everything is going to be fine. And again, if, 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 if you've, you've been here with us, we've talked about this before. Jesus looks at his disciples in Matthew 28 and he says, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Everything's been given to me. And since all this authority has been given to me, you know what I'm telling you to do? Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And I will be with you always, even to the end of the days. You see, these marching orders were the instructions of being a Jesus follower, of once you became a follower of Jesus, once you've said yes to that, then Jesus said, you're not done. Now, people need to know about me, and once they know about me, there's something that I want them to do. And so there were these two parts when it came to the, we call this the great commission that Jesus talked to his disciples about. And the first part was find and teach them, find them, find individuals who don't know me, find individuals who aren't aware of this incredible hope that I offer in my life. Find them and you need to teach them about me. You need to tell them the stories of everything that's happened. And we see early on in the book of Acts, so many people came to know Jesus, thousands and thousands of Jesus. Every single day, people were coming to know Jesus every single day. And it was incredible. And so the disciples, the apostles, the early church were doing exactly what Jesus had asked them to do. Find and teach, find and teach, find and teach. And that's the simple part, right? And then there was that next part that's been added in there. And it's something that many different churches look at it very differently. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Now, for, for us, and honestly, if you're a follower of Jesus, baptism is a big deal. It is a big deal. And I'm sure there are many different, maybe, denominations or church backgrounds that are represented in this room. Whether you're visiting with us today or you've been a part of Southside for 10, 15 years, whatever that looks like for you, a lot of people have different understandings of baptism, and just that word can bring up different questions. One of the first questions is, is, is very simple, and, and we hear this question a lot. Is baptism required for salvation? Right? I said yes to following Jesus. If I don't get baptized, does this still work? Right? Is this required for salvation? Should babies be baptized? There's a lot of churches. I, I, before I came to Southside, I was actually, I worked at a church, and they would baptize babies. And I remember it, it was, it was a really cool thing, and, and the, the pastor would walk down the aisle with the baby, and the church would stand up, and the church would say, hey, we're going to come alongside this child, and we want to help them grow in their faith. It was a beautiful thing. And so a lot of people will come to our church, maybe from church backgrounds like that, and say, hey, should babies be baptized? They were at the church that I just was at. I've, I've maybe never been to a church, but I, I was at a church, and I saw it happen. Is this something that we should do here? Or is baptism only for new believers? It's like a, you know, expiration date. Well, it's been two weeks. Nah, I can't get baptized now. That's a little too quick, buddy, right? And, and, but there, these are questions that people ask. I get to have these conversations 
all the time. And I love it. I love, I love this part of my job that I get to talk to people about what it looks like to follow Jesus and what are some of those things that come along with that. These are all valid questions, all valid emotions, and it's something that is worth talking about. So you see, years and years and years ago, let's go all the way back to the beginning of this book in the Old Testament. You know, you have the, the, the Jewish people, and they were one of really the only monotheistic faith, faiths around. It was a monotheistic religion, one God, and that was different to a lot of people outside of the Jewish faith, and we called them Gentiles, right? So a lot of us in here would be Gentiles. And what would happen is you would have Gentiles visiting in these Jewish areas, and they would see this faith. And they were like, well, that's interesting. That might be something that I would like to be a part of. And so they would go up uh, to the temple. Now, they weren't allowed into the temple, right? They weren't quite allowed in there. It's like, mm, you're not one of us yet. Could you imagine that if, <laughs> if you came here and we were like, okay, we have TVs outside. You can watch outside. It'll be great. You'd come in maybe a little bit later. But they would come out there and they would say, hey, we, we would love to be a part of this. Can I, can I become Jewish even though I wasn't born Jewish? Can I become a part of this faith? Is there something I can do? And so they would see this happening over and over and over again. And so the Jewish uh, leaders and the religious leaders begin to say, hey, maybe there's something that we need to do, maybe a process that we can have for these Gentiles, these individuals who are coming and want to be a part of this, this faith, because we believe this is, man, this is where God is. And they wanna be a part of this? Okay, let's figure out some ways to do this. Let's figure out a system. And so they did figure out some things that they had to do. So a Gentile, the first thing you would have to do, if you were a guy, you had to get a surgery. Right? We're not gonna talk about that surgery today. That's usually done to small baby boys when they were born. Some of them have that. But can you imagine if that was the first requirement and you're like a 46-year-old man? I'm gonna tell you right now, a lot of women were coming to the faith. And the men were like, nah, we're good. We'll stay out here behind the temple courts. And you just tell us what's going on in there <laughs> when you come home. And so that was one of the requirements, right? And so that was one of the first things you recover, all that kind of good stuff. But then you would, you would meet with the leaders and they would basically say, okay, here is, we call it the Mosaic law. It is the law that was given to Moses from God. If you've ever heard that story before, you know, they come out of Egypt and, and then what do they get handed? You get handed this big tablet of 10 commandments and it's probably like thousands of pounds, but Moses was a really strong guy, right? And so he, they call it the Mosaic law. And there's this big law that the Jewish people would follow. You can read about it in the book of Leviticus. It is, there's a lot of stuff in there. So you should, you should definitely check that out. Read it around your table one day uh, as a family. It's really, really interesting stuff, right? And so you, you have to make this your law. You have to abide by this law. Turn from your ways. And now this is the new law that kind of goes with you in your life. It creates a path in your life. And so they would say yes to that. And then they would have to make a sacrifice, Right? So they would have to make a sacrifice to God. And then what was next, they would have to do something. It was, a, it was a ceremonial washing. And so they would basically themselves, they would they would wash themselves. And it was symbolic of them washing away their old way of life into this new life that they're stepping into following the Jewish faith. So this was the process of, of what they had to do. And so it was interesting. And, and a lot of people were saying yes to this. And you saw more and more people start following the faith. And it was an incredible, incredible thing. But around that time, around that time, a lot of the people were Greek speaking, okay? And we talked about this uh, probably about a year ago, about this word called baptizo, right? That's where we get the word baptism from. And that word, just, it simply means like to dunk, to submerge, to dip, 
Like a pickle, you could put a pickle in a jar and you baptize the pickle. So pickles got baptized all the time, like all the time, pickles get baptized, right? But that was kind of where that word came from. So there was this word going around called baptizo that people understood. And so then we fast forward to around the time Jesus was born, but there was another guy that was born a little bit before Jesus, and his name was John. Now, John, we, we've heard of him before, and the thing about John is he actually has a very fascinating birth as well. You see, his mom's name was Elizabeth, and his dad's name was Zechariah, and an angel came to his dad and basically told him that his wife was gonna become pregnant, and Zechariah was old. He's like, <laughs> don't work like that, angel. I don't know if you uh, see my age, and he goes, no, don't worry about this. We'll take care of it. And so John has this incredible birth story as well, just like we kind of hear the story of Jesus. And John, in about 30 AD, he's this guy, he's just kind of like, he's wearing animal skin and he just eats like locusts and bugs and he doesn't, he probably doesn't bathe a lot. So he's got a, he's got a, a aroma to him when he's walking around. But what he was doing, he was, he was going out to people, to crowds of people, and they would come down to this river and he would say, repent, repent. And if you don't know what that word means, that basically says, hey, these are the ways that you've been living and they're really not in, they don't line up with what God has for you. So repent means don't just say, I'm sorry, turn away from those ways and follow God. And he's saying, repent, repent, repent. And people are doing this and they're like, okay, what's next? And so then John, he moves a little bit out of He's a little out of the ordinary because he takes what it took for a Gentile to all of a sudden become in the Jewish faith. And he says, ceremonial washing, I'm gonna actually help you with that. And he would start dunking people and he would start baptizing people in the river, in the water, whatever was nearby. And so this was different because people were like, oh, people would just wash themselves and now John's dunking people. This is an interesting thing. Just like if you first came to church, like if you've never been to a church and you came here today and you saw that we were doing, you're like, why are you shoving those kids underwater? That's an interesting thing for an outsider, right? And so people are seeing John do this, and then what comes to their mind is that word baptizo. Okay, that's their Greek speak. So they know, they, oh, so he's just baptizoing people. He's just dunking people. And so that's where his name came from, John the Baptist. And that's where you begin to see this idea of baptism, of a person doing that, dunking people, just begin to take off. And then Jesus comes on the scene if you don't know the story. He comes on the scene and actually John baptizes Jesus. And when he comes out of the water, this dove comes down and, and God looks at his son. And he says, this is my son who I am well pleased. And then Jesus begins his ministry. And for the next three years, the world has changed. And it's changed in a way that we're still experiencing it a couple thousand years later. And we're seeing the love of God overcome so much stuff in the middle of so many dark days, so many dark things. God is so much bigger. You know, I've said it before. We know the end of the story. God is so much bigger. And that was Jesus's ministry. Then at the end of the ministry, Jesus is about to go hang out with his dad in heaven. And he looks at his disciples and he gives them their instructions, the great commission, find people and teach them about me. Find people and teach them about me. They need to understand the hope that is in me. And after you do that, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit that I'm leaving with you. And it's gonna be better. And better things and bigger things are gonna happen because I've entrusted that with you. 
And that's how baptisms start. And what's amazing about it is when it comes to baptism, those questions we talked about earlier, you know, is, is baptism one of those things where if I don't do this, my salvation is just negated? And, and, and I want to tell you that no, baptism is not a, a condition of salvation, it symbolizes our salvation. It symbolizes our salvation. Just like Riley, when I first you know, baptized Riley earlier, I loved, she was like, I want people to know that I follow Jesus. And this is how I'm letting people know today. And every single person in this room knows that now because of what Riley chose to do today. So many of us are so terrified to tell people about Jesus, right? We're like, oh, God, I can't, I can't do that. Don't you want me to talk to a server at a restaurant? I can't do that. No, your story and your baptism shares with people your decision to follow Jesus. But here's, here's something that has, has changed, in my opinion, in the church a little bit. Then, when you see the book of Acts and the church just explodes and you're seeing Christians just start popping up everywhere, all over the place, in the middle of a time where Christianity was illegal, sometimes punishable by death, people were getting baptized anyways. And when it came to baptism, it was an expectation it wasn't a selection or an exception. It wasn't like, oh, okay, maybe I'll do that. No, it was expected. When you chose to follow Jesus, you're going to do this. And it's something that shows the world around you that you love Jesus. And so those two points are so, so impactful. Is it required for my salvation? I'll take you back to a story when Jesus is on the cross and he has two men beside him who are sentenced to death just like him. And one of the thieves actually looks at Jesus and he says, hey, can you remember me? Can you just remember me when you go meet your father in heaven? Jesus didn't say, unless you can get down from this cross and get baptized real quick, and I'm not really sure if I can uh, help you out. He didn't say that. He said, today, you will be with me in paradise. Today, you'll be with me in paradise. But the second part of that, it was an expectation. And if you have the opportunity and you have the means, it's something that the church not only invited you to do, but it's something that the body of Christ and the believers expected you to do. That's what John was doing before Jesus came onto the scene. And that's what Jesus and the disciples and the apostles and the early church continued to do. And that's what the church continues to do now. And one of the things that John talked about was that idea of turning from your ways and adopting the ways of Jesus. And, and, and I love, um, in, in, in Luke 3, it, it talks about John saying this. In Luke 3, we read this. It says, John went throughout the region of the Jordan River, calling for people to be baptized. So again, like we talked about John earlier, he's asking people, hey, you need to know Jesus and you need to be baptized. But again, the question is what we talked about earlier. The question is why. It's to show that they were changing their hearts and lives and wanted God to forgive their sins. John was asking us and calling us to something so much more bigger than ourselves and to turn away from the lives that we are living. And so the question is what's keeping you from being baptized? You're a follower of Jesus, and it's not a step that you have taken. It's not something that you have chosen to walk into. What is keeping you from being 
baptized. Because I do promise you, your step of obedience will move you closer to the heart of Jesus. Just will. We're being obedient to the Great Commission. Some of the last words that Jesus said to his disciples, that's us being obedient to those words, to those commands. Go therefore. He didn't say maybe go. Go therefore and do these things. And this is the last part I want you to know. It's what we talked about today. That your baptism may be the tipping point for someone else's faith. Your baptism might be that moment, that, 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 that specific uh, experience that someone has and they see it and they're like, I, I wanna, that's what I wanna be a part of. I wanna follow this Jesus that I keep hearing about when I come into this church every single Sunday and I haven't quite taken that faith, but hearing that story, seeing that story, it's kind of that tipping point for someone's faith. And so those are the, 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 the two things today. Maybe you've been walking with Jesus for a very long time now, and it's not a step that you've taken. I would highly encourage you to start that process with us. Around here for years and years and years, you know, we, we would make everyone film a video and tell their story about baptism. Now, who loves being on camera, right? Exactly. Everyone, a hand's going up all over the room, right? Old school. And so we, we begin to see, you know what? That might be a, a hurdle that we are willing to maybe pull back a little bit and say, you know what? If you want to get baptized, come sit down with us. Share with us kind of your story, why you want to do this, and you'll get baptized. And so if you've been with us for years and years and years, you've noticed that Baptism has sometimes become a little bit different. Sometimes you just get baptized. Sometimes there's a video. Sometimes you can write out your story. I will read it for you while you're in there in the baptistry, and then we'll get baptized. There's many different ways we do that now. We just want people to move toward that step of obedience. So maybe you've been following Jesus for a while, and that's a step that you haven't taken. I would highly encourage you to do that today. Southside.org slash baptism, or just come talk to me. Come talk to one of our, our staff, one of our guest service volunteers. We would love to walk you through that. And then there's a second one. Maybe you haven't even taken that step in following Jesus. Maybe you're really considering it, but you've been walking down this path and living this life that you know, uh, I, I can't do that if I wanna do this. And you're trying this balancing act and trying to figure out what it looks like for me. And, 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 and John, what he said there, he, hey, we are showing people that we're turning away from this life that we're living and we're following Jesus and trusting God with our life and asking for forgiveness. And maybe that's, that's you. Either camp you're in, I would encourage you to take that step today. Be inspired by a bunch of elementary school students. Be as brave as a bunch of elementary school students. It's interesting, the older we get in life, the more ashamed we become because life wears on us, right? We get more and more ashamed of the things that we've done. Maybe somebody today was a tipping point for you. Maybe not just in your faith, but maybe just in your step of obedience. And so I remember growing up in a Southern Baptist church and there would be like an altar call. And if you're new to church, an altar call is like, hey, uh, maybe you want prayer or hey, who wants to accept Jesus today, right? And they would say these words, every head bowed, every eye closed, 
And just go ahead and raise your hand if you wanna do that. Raise your hand, raise your hand. And you hear those words, there are hands popping up all over the room, right? I think I raised my hand like 12 or 14 times. I, I gotta make sure I got saved a lot, right? And that happens and it's great. Then that, that I'm not gonna ask you to do that today. I'm gonna ask you to do something different, okay? So right now, I would love for everyone just to stand up. Everybody, everybody in the room, if you can, just go ahead and stand up. And this is what I want you to look at. Instead of me saying, hey, if you wanna get baptized today, maybe it's not something that you've done before. If you wanna start following Jesus today, I want you to stand up or I want you to raise your hand. I'm not gonna ask you that because this is what I want you to get a glimpse of. I want you to look around right now because when you step into the church and you step into the body of Christ, it is not you standing up by yourself, isolated, telling everybody that you wanna do this. There is a church around you that loves you and supports you and this is exactly what heaven looks like. It's not an empty place. It's a place of followers of Jesus loving each other in the way that Christ loved the church. That's what we're called to do. So today, there are some of you right now standing up that need to take this step. There are some of you right now that have, have taken that step and you're supporting those right now. So I want you to think about what does that step look like for me? It was the last marching orders that Jesus gave his disciples. And those of us in here who are followers, who are disciples of Jesus, that's what we're called to do. Teach, love, be baptized. I'm gonna pray for us. God, thank you so much for every single person in this room. Thank you so much for every kid that was baptized today. And God, I just thank you right now for just the symbolism right now that is in this room, that is everyone standing because we are in all different journeys right now in our life. But what this shows is that we support and we love one another. Sometimes that love can be some tough love because what we talked about, there are some ways that we need to turn from and repent from. But God, I pray that we all know in this room that we have the support and the love of our church. And most of all, the support and the love and the grace and the forgiveness of Jesus. And I pray that that's what we would step out of here and know today. God, we thank you so much for your son, for giving his life for us and for showing us what it looks like to love the world, but focus on you. And I pray that we would be able to do that better. Thank you. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks again so much for being here with us today. Hey, southside.org slash baptism. I would love, love, love to have a conversation. Have a great day. And hey, if you see some kiddos who got baptized, give them a high five on the way out. See y'all later.